Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian Henderson. Hey, Brian, what do we have for tonight? I know, oh. I, know it's, I know it's hot in Tallahassee. Yes, sir, it's hot, it's hot. It's hot up in here. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think, you know what, I think what we're going to talk about tonight is definitely going to touch a lot of churches. It's going to touch a lot of homes. And, you know, it's something that needs to be, you know, we need to talk about it. Yeah. We need to talk about being on that battlefield and standing up for the Lord no matter what it takes. You know, we're all going to take hits for doing that. Yeah. God said, he said that was going to happen. But at some point, you have to take a stand. It may look like you're losing when, you know, when the, when the enemy comes against you and try to silence you and tell you what you're saying is wrong and you know what you're saying lines up with the word, you're going to take a hit. People are going to come at you on your job. They're going to try to fire you. I mean, people are going to scatter away from you. And it's funny, Brian, you know, when you're talking about the Lord and you're talking about what's right, it's funny how your friends just disappear. Yeah. You know, have you ever been in a situation where you're talking about the Lord and, and someone is, is talking about what they did the night before and they're talking about this woman and they're talking about that woman and they're married and you say something like, you know, that's wrong. And they'll look at you like, are you kidding me? Who are you to tell me this? Yeah, been there, definitely been there. But you know what? That's our job. Absolutely. That's our job. It is not easy, you know, standing up and telling someone, you know what? I like you, we get along, but what you're doing is wrong. It's yeah. absolutely wrong. And then we have, you know, we have so many people that standing up before congregations, and we have so many people, not not just pastors, but we have people in legislature and the government just saying and doing the wrong thing. But then when someone comes up and they say, well, you know, I'm going to speak and say, you're wrong. It seems like that person is persecuted. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight's show is entitled Spiritual Battlefield. And we're going to have a special guest come on in a couple minutes. But uh, I just want to agree with you, Greg. Uh, you know, when you're going through something like that, it's real hard to, you know, for you to trust pretty much anybody. Right. You know, especially like, you know, like when you say on your job or even if it's, you know, if it's at your church. And, you know, and you're going through that, that warfare, you know, because the devil is busy and he's very crafty. You know, he tries the same old thing. The same old way, but he's still very crafty at the way he does it. Yeah. You know, because he'll come at you with using anything, anything that, anything that's that's available. And you know what? A lot of times, you know, we're faced with dealing with cliques, groups. Yeah. It's not most of the time. It's not one on one. It's a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. and you're, it's like the spotlight is on you. Okay, what you gonna do? And it's something. It's something in, inside of you that's saying you need to speak out. This is wrong. And you can't keep it, and you can't hold that to yourself. Sometimes you may walk away from it, but it's eating you up on the inside because you know without a doubt that what's going on and what's being said and what's being taught to people is wrong. Yeah, yeah. That, ha- that has to be uh, an awful, awful feeling, an awful feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you ever had to, to deal with that, Brian? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I deal with it just about daily, weekly, you know, and... I mean, whether it's on the job or just friends in general, you know, it, it's and it's and partly it's because you know the devil knows what God has in store for you. You know, he he knows what God's going to do with you. You know, he's privy to that information, and so his job is to circumvent you as as fast as he can, and to get you off track as fast as he can, so that you don't get to 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 basically do what God has you. What has you know you doing? Right, right. And so tonight we're going to have a special guest. His name is Jim Hubbard, and we're going to bring him on in just a second. But let me tell you a little bit of what I know about Jim. Jim is a God-fearing man. You know, I've known Jim for a couple of years now. I'm actually married to his niece, so Jim's my uncle-in-law, but I call him my uncle anyway. <laughs> um, and you know, he's going to come on and tell you a little bit about his life 
And uh, Jim, are you there? Yes, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. All right, all How right, doing, Jim, Jim. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. All right. Thanks, How you Brian. doing, Jim? I'm doing just great. I'm doing just great. Good. This is Greg. Okay. All right, Jim. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 43 years old. I stay in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, uh, currently, I am not a member of any church. Uh, had joined uh, one church. It was a full gospel church here in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, I work for the city. Uh, I don't know if I should give all that information. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, where do you want me to start at? Uh, I've got so much to say. I know, I know. Jim and I talked uh, well into the night the other night when he was telling me, you know, about his life story and some of the struggles that he was going through. And, you know, he's actually putting it into book form. And so um, I think what we'll start, let's start back in, I think you said it was in 1994. 94, uh, when my father had passed. Yeah. Um Man, I was, you know, living a life of uh, sin. I was also in church, uh, uh, going to church. I won't won't say I was going all the time, but I was going, participating in paying tithing and everything. But I had a false uh, sense of, uh, I want to say, salvation. Uh Uh, I thought that salvation was pretty much what the preachers were saying. As long as you're there, you're paying your tithes, and that's pretty much all that I heard uh, that it was had to deal with salvation. So that that was my life in a nutshell, uh, believing one thing that was not true and continue living a life of sin that I didn't know was condemning me to right. hell eventually if I didn't change my life uh, because even the churches I was going to and belonging to back then no one never said that you had to truly repent and start living a life that Christ would have you live and that is a life that is reflecting him so right so do you think it was um, do you think the churches just weren't teaching repentance because they didn't want to scare people away I have heard many people say that and some I've heard uh, preachers say that. If they told the truth to some of their members or their members, I happened to be in a, a Bible study class, and a preacher asked a question, and he didn't give the answer because the majority of the class didn't know the answer to the question. So he held back the answer, but after class, I asked him a question. Why didn't he give them the answer? And he said, if I told them the truth, they would leave and that sort of just blowed me away because this same particular preacher was uh had people out we was out working in the fields you know remodeling houses and stuff uh i was volunteering mm-hmm. and but it was a job thing for the church they were getting paid to do the jobs that they were doing right so uh, my thing he would work the people physically mm-hmm. but spiritually he would starve them wow. because he wouldn't tell them the truth so what good is it to work a man's physical body but not feed him spiritual food there mm-hmm. is no salvation in that well Jim let me ask you this you know when you were out there in the world and you were out there sinning and doing whatever you were doing did you ever think at one point you know what I can continue to sin but as long as I ask God to forgive me, I can keep doing this. This is this gives me, you know, me just asking him, uh, God, forgive me, I was wrong. I know I was wrong, but, you know, does that give you a license to continue doing wrong? Actually, the sin I was doing really never uh, came up in my mind. It just, it's one of those things, when you're in it, you never think about it. You you can go to church, but if no one never just rattle your cage and say, "Hey," you just never think about it, and you continue doing the same old same old, just going to church, living a life of sin. It just never crossed your mind. 
until like something bad happens in your life, like the death of my father, and that just opened the door for me to say, you know, I really want to change my life, and that's really what started the ball rolling. And I started praying to God for guidance after that, my father's death and everything. And he showed me the way. Right. And in that vision that God showed me some things that I was going to have to go through, it was things that I really didn't want to accept. And I got up from the spot where I was and I said, I'm not going to do that. And I walked away. So, Jim, what what brought you back in? Was it your, your father passing? Uh, did that was that a the eye opener to say, you know what, life is real? Like I said, I uh, thought because I was emotionally uh, distraught because of the death of my father, and when God showed me what I had to do, I didn't want that. And what really brought me back and said, okay. I surrender was when everything that he showed me started manifesting true. It just started coming to reality. And I'm like, golly, this is vision I had, and I'm starting to live what he showed me. And I'm like, how is this? So all I could do at that point was surrender to him and trust him because there was no way I could know what my future was going to be at that point in my life. Right, right. If you're just listening in, um, this, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. The phone number, if you have any questions for Jim or uh, Brian or myself, you can call 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. So, so Jim, what what gave you the idea or what, what was it that said, you know what, Jim, you need to write a book. Really, it wasn't me. It was more of the Spirit showing me things that were going on around me and that was happening on my job and people who were claiming to be Christians. And God just started opening my eyes to things. And I'm not a writer, nor was I a person who would pick up the Bible and read it. It was just a desire to really know Him. And while I was getting to know him, I picked up a pencil and pen and also started writing the things that were happening in my life as I walked with Christ and the things that fell out in my life, the changes. I just started writing them. And it was more like my life started conforming to the Word of God. I, man, it was like I was living the Bible. So I was so overwhelmed, and man, the Spirit just said, write down. And I just started writing the things down that was happening. Okay, okay. You know what? It, it's so amazing that everybody's saying, I'm not a, I'm not a writer, I'm not uh, an author. But, you know, God will put it in you. And that's what it sounds like, you know, this was happened to you. You have such an awesome story to tell. I mean, it's it's very courageous in what you're doing, and, and the, the listeners will get a chance, you know, once the show goes on a little bit more, they'll understand that you had to take a stand at some point. And you took that stand, and because of that, you were, you know, you were attacked. That is, that is so true. That is so true. Um, I had people coming up to me, like on my job, telling me that I needed to uh, be quiet about salvation. I needed to uh, leave the preaching to the preachers. In other words, and most of the people that were coming up to me uh, were not employees. They were just people walking up. Uh, God placed me in a spot to where I interact with a whole lot of different people on a daily basis. So, I, man, I guess uh, word of mouth was, uh, was getting around of the things that uh, we were witnessing. Uh, I work with community service, and we were witnessing to each other on a daily basis because we like to listen to Christian radio stations mm-hmm. and we would point out things that were being said about salvation that was not exactly true. All right, all right. Jim, I'm um I'm reading some of the uh 
the writings that you have for your book. And one of the scriptures that jumps out is uh, it says Matthew seven: Beware of false teacher who teachers who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are wolves and will tear you apart. You know, who are some of the people that you were around that you know that you considered you know the teachers that were like those wolves who were who came to you as sheep? Mm. Man, I tell you. Uh... When it all unfolded, uh, I want to say the church what I had I had joined. I'm not going to say the pastor's name, uh, but I had joined the church, and um, while I was at this church, man, I was I was really involved uh, in the church. I was staying for Bible study. I was going doing the midweek service, everything. And when the pastor would go out to different uh, churches to preach, I was there. I was, you know, really involved, and we went to a, uh, in the Stop 6 area, we went to a, uh, I want to say it's a Baptist church, we went there, and the pastor preached a sermon, and he was talking about rubbing holy oil on, I want to say his mother, because she was sick, and it healed her, and during that time frame, I was having an illness where I had some kind of growth that had uh, grown on my vocal cords, and it kept me from talking. And, but when I when I talked, I like I was had a goggle. Mm-hmm. And one of the ladies came up, one of the nurses came up from behind me and said, "You need to go down and uh, let the pastor put holy oil on you." But at that point. I was not that strong in my faith, and I didn't want to make him look bad. So I was like, I'm not going down there because I really didn't believe in that. So I didn't go, and a little time after that, I want to say about a week or the following Sunday afterwards, uh, the pastor got up and uh, publicly called himself rebuking me because of the things that I was saying uh, to community service people. But I never pointed out that church or any, you know, his or him, because hey, I thought he was a okay with me, but he publicly rebuked me. So that really, I want to say, is like a wolf in sheep clothing. Because afterwards, I really uh, tried to uh, get in touch with him and talk to him, and I called and left messages for him, and he never returned my calls. So one Sunday, the whole, uh, Holy Spirit had came to me that. Saturday night, and I did some things, and I wrote down some things, and uh, my nephew went to church with me, and uh, I gave a note to my nephew to take to him uh, while everybody was walking around shaking hands, and so my nephew handed him the letter, and he grabbed the letter, and he read it, and he walked off, and he stopped, and he turned around, started laughing, and went back to the microphone, and he said, I know some of y'all trying to get in touch with me, but God told me not to talk to y'all right now. And he started laughing and walked on. I said, oh, man. Now, that was, you know, <laughs> that that really was a big letdown. But, hey, God is able. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, God you know, um, and it's funny because what you're talking about, you hear about that a lot. I mean, I hear people that say how, you know, the pastor will come out and just openly talk about them, or he'll, like, if they had an issue at church or something like that, mm-hmm. that the pastor would take it upon himself during the during the uh, the Sunday 11 o'clock service or whatever to talk about the issue, but he'd do it in such a way that, you know, he puts it into his sermon, and so you can't just go up and discuss, you know, what he's talking about in the sermon while he's giving it. That's true. So he finds a way to just validate what he says, or if it's a, a female pastor, what she says in the sermon. That's true. And then how can you debate? You know, how can you? How can you? Not that you're to debate the word of God, but how can you go against that when they have an open podium? You know, and then and they're not willing to come and even entertain you. And they say, "Well, the Lord told me not to entertain you on that." You know. But the Lord also says, you know, you shouldn't have strife between your brother. That's true. You know? That's true. And so 
you know, you, you have those different types of situations where, you know, you, you know, what do you do? That's true. But I'm going to tell you, after that happened, I really did not realize the things that we were saying were was getting around, man. I'm talking, it was getting around the city. After he did that, uh, the following Monday, I went and picked up community service, and I had two white guys. And one of them asked me, said, man, how do it feel to be rebuked by your passion? And I was just so dumbfounded. I was like, how did you know? I know he's not a member there, so it was like, how did this man even know, you know? And then right after that, they started talking about uh, people being rebuked by their pastors on the radio. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was like, man, everybody knew. People started coming up to me on the job. Are you all right? Are you? I'm like, come on. Yeah, I'm all right. So, Jim, why, why do you think he did this? Well, what 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 do you think? How do how, I mean... What What is your inner you telling you about this situation? Honestly, I sort of think it was partially uh, about once saved, always saved. It's not a true statement. And I was telling people that it's not a true statement. People can always stray from the will of God. And to say once saved, always saved is true. It makes Jesus out to be a lie. And we know that he's not a lie. Because he said that in the last day, people are going to turn away from the faith. So that means that they had it. How can you turn away from something if you never had it? And also there's other scripture to back up that that is not a true statement. And also that faith by itself, if not accompanied with works, is a dead thing. And most Baptists and full gospel and other groups believe that all you have to do is just believe. And your Bible doesn't teach that. And I would stand for, you know, like Bible study. And in Bible study, I would ask questions. And the questions I would ask, I would wait out the class and I would ask the, the guy or, or the lady who was teaching the class different questions. And I really didn't realize that they was going back asking or telling the pastor what I was asking or getting information from him to give to me. But at one particular point, they gave me a bunch of scriptures to uh, tie together and get once saved, always saved. And when you read what they gave you, that's what it said. But when you take everything and put it back where it comes from, it didn't say anything. It didn't line up. And the spirit within me kept saying that it's not true. And it was more like I was in a pursuit to find the truth. And I was looking for the truth about Christ. And different churches I would go to, everybody started saying, study for yourself, because I was asking questions all over. And people just started saying, Study for yourself to show yourself approved. I'm like, well, hold up. Even he started saying the same thing. You know, study for yourself or prove what you're saying is true. He would start saying stuff like that from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Prove what you're saying is true. But he didn't name anyone, but he would say it. And I'm like, who is mm-hmm. he talking to? Well, Jim, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that um, that he was doing that just to try to maybe get you to leave because he didn't want you to basically sort of, you know, because, I mean, you, there's a situation where some pastors just don't like to be overstepped. They want to be the final authority on the Word of God in the church because most people look to the pastor as being the final authority. And, you know, for him to just tell you, study to show thyself approved, well, you know, if you're asking a question, there's, it's apparent that maybe there's something that you've studied and that you don't understand. You know, and so they, you know, because I've seen, you know, and I've heard, and I've actually been, you know, in that similar situation where I would ask a question, and then I would get, you know, well, here, let me give you about five, ten scriptures to study, and then that's your answer. 
you know, but those scriptures would get me nowhere closer to where, you know, to, to the answer. And so do you believe it was because he didn't know the answer? Or was it because you knew the answer and he had already told somebody something different? So for you to tell them the real answer, they would actually go and look. And so what he would do for you is just blow you off. You understand what I'm saying? Is that, do you think that's what he was trying to do, just try to get you off, you know, so you wouldn't keep asking all these questions? Because apparent, you know, it seems apparent that not a whole lot of people were asking questions. They were just taking whatever he said as that's the, that's the final word on it. Okay. Uh, Brian, I'm going to tell you. Uh, okay. When you're in Bible study or uh, whatever, you should ask questions. Now, that's part of learning process, to ask questions. Now, to say if he did that just to get me out of the church, I really can't answer for him. But I do know that the things that we, uh, community service and I, were witnessing to each other about were indeed true. Because I've also had one of my uh, Sunday school teachers, after I caught him after class, he admitted that that is not a true statement. And I asked him, I said, well, why do you go along with it? And he just shrugs his shoulders and just, I don't know. I'm like, God is going to hold you accountable for that. Because, man, you're leading people astray with sayings like that. You know, people have a confidence, hey, you have confidence in Christ. Yeah. If you really struggling in something, Christ ain't finna let you go. He got you. Right. Until you get through that. But if you make it up in your mind that, hey, I'm going to keep doing that, that's you. And sooner or later, you grieve the Spirit. So, Jim, let me ask you this. Did you, did you get a chance to talk with this man one-on-one? No, I have not. After after that happened, I left the church and I never uh, went back. Um, honestly, uh, the spirit had already uh, told me to leave there, so I would say it was more of me staying there against God's will. And there was other things that happened there, a whole lot of other things, man. I I was in one class, man, and. A lady told me it was the devil talking to me. A whole lot of stuff, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's just the answer that they try to give when they don't know the answer? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty I, much. I think so, too. I think so, too. Jim, tell us a little bit more about the book, the book that you're, uh, that you're working on right now. Because as I read the book, I see that you're, that you're dealing on a lot of different subjects. And... You know, one of the things that you talked about was, you know, some issues that you went through at work. You know, and, and since the show is about spiritual warfare, you know, one of the, the places that we that we tend to be at war at, that's sort of like a spiritual battlefield, is in the workplace. You know, because in the workplace you may not have someone who's a professing Christian. Sometimes you have people of different faiths and, you know, just tell us what was what were some of the things that you felt um, were like a sort of like a spiritual warfare or spi- like a spiritual battleground while you were at work. I know you talked a little bit about you know people going behind your back. Well, what were some of the other things like were people trying to play games? Were they you know trying to mess with your money? You know, talk to us about that. You know, the uh, the devil is really busy when you're at work, uh, Brian. Man. Yeah, I'm just going to say he's busy all the time. But when you're interacting with a lot of different people and you're standing up for what's right, uh, it makes a lot of people mad, especially when you got people who are saying that's not true. Uh, I don't have to uh, turn away from saying all I have to do is believe in Christ. I have had... Um, a whole lot of stuff, man. It's just so hard to start, but I'm going to say, well, at one particular time, 
I had my supervisor and some of my coworkers pull together and try to uh, get me fired off the job because they were saying I was making them look bad because on my job it's it's uh, like different groups of people mm-hmm. and everybody is divided into groups. I'm not racial groups and that's a little let go on too but mm-hmm. you have people that work and people that appear to work and right. when you are working and the ones that appear to work <laughs> you're working you're making them look bad right? and they don't like that so you have people that will come against you for that right, so Jim right. let me ask you this you know People are attacking you at work, and the devil is busy. I mean, that's his job. He's going to do that. That's true. You know, he's going to do that. Uh, we have to do our job, and we must stay on our job. Have at any point, you know, you're going through this being rebuked at church. You're being attacked at your job. I mean, you're going through so many things. Have you ever said, you know what, this walk is not worth it? I'm, it, it seems like when I gave my life to Christ, it's like I'm being more attacked now than I was when I was in the world. So at any point, did you say, you know what, I'm just this is just too hard for me? Did you ever think that? Yeah, I came to that point, but I also came to the point to realize that I couldn't fight the people who I was fighting, nor could I fight the devil. And I had to, that's when I told you I walked away and told, I said, I'm not going to go through that. I'm not going to do that. And one of the things was I was supposed to witness to people, and I said I wasn't going to do that. But after everything just started blowing up in my face, man, I'm like, hold up. You told me this. In other words, you put me here. So since you already know, and you done showed me, you got to get me out of it. And it just brought me to a point of uh, just trusting God, just trusting Him more, trusting Christ more. Mm-hmm. And that's where it brought me, and that's where I am now. I know that no one can help me, only Christ. So I have to trust Him. And, you know, that's where God really wants you. He wants you to a point where you're broken. That's where he wants you. He wants you where you're depending strictly on him, not man, not anyone. Yeah, Jim, I've I've been there. I've been to, you know, <laughs> it, it's not funny. It's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. It's uncomfortable. But God will put you in a position where no one can help you but him. That's true. You know, and it's, boy, you're talking about uncomfortable. I mean, no matter who you call, it's either that person is busy or that person don't want to hear what you're talking about or they just don't have time for you. Or they don't believe what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's always something. But, Jim, we we have some callers on the line now. I have someone from the 412 area code. Caller, are you there? Yeah, yeah, Bob Yeager. Hey, how you doing, Bob? All right, buddy, how you doing? I'm doing fine. You have a question or comment? Well, um, I belong, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I belong to the Magnetic Freedom Global Communities with Bob Denyard Fung and Leslie Fager. And um, I host a lot of the mastermind meetings there. And um, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I, I was actually just sitting in a place right now. I, uh, I took my sisters to a baseball game, dropped them off down there, and I was sitting in a place where a lot of people get together and, seems a lot of people have got the same thing over and over, you know, I, I struggle with this and I, you know, people are trying to get me with this and people are trying to, you know, play, play at my head with this game and that. And I asked people, I said, when is it time that you restructure your beliefs to believe that you can really do a lot of change for yourself? Yes. And um, a lot of bl- blames being cast on a lot of things and I, I don't think people realize it's within you to change your beliefs. It's within you to be become part of this world in a way where you create values for others. And when you start doing that, good things start coming your way. And I just got your email. I just got home, got your email, and heard that this is on the line. And I, I never heard you speak before. But, man, i got to tell you, this is really valuable content. It's really yes, good it stuff. It really is. Thank you. Thank you, you know, so much. I appreciate you guys being on here like this. Uh, I, I do the same thing. I do 
probably 20 hours of meetings a week, mastermind meetings a week, and I, I try to instill the same values in other people. So you guys are doing a great job. You really are. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for calling in, and thank you for your comments. Hey, no problem. No problem. I, I enjoy this. i I got to tell you guys, uh, I, I do personal development, mentoring, coaching, whether it be in business or personal lives, and um, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, once you get in touch with the inner side of you, uh, God and everybody else is going to be right there with you, and it, it's you, you can't be fighting. It's it's people fighting against that and hating against that. When you start seeing the good in things, good things start coming to you, and uh, that's just a bonus. I, I never try to go out and do any good for myself. I go out and try to do good for others, and the rest of it just comes along for the ride. And you guys are doing a good thing. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. And I, I want to make a comment. That what your caller just said, that that's one reason why I'm putting this book together. Hopefully, someone can read and understand the things that I've went through and the spiritual warfare that I've that Christ has brought me through. And they say, "Well, man, if he brought him through that, just imagine what he could do for me." Mm-hmm. Because you need to trust him. Because I'm tell you, when you make the decision to be obedient to Christ, yeah, the devil go get mad. He go raise up against you, and not only he go raise up, he go raise up his followers against you. And some of those followers that's go raise up against you are gonna be claiming that they're followers of Christ. And you're gonna find out that everyone who claims to be a Christian or a follower of Christ, they're not that. They're not that. So it is a good thing I I feel, and God has laid on my heart, that this will help people to realize that trust in him, not man. Trust in Christ and surrender your life to him. Jim, let me ask you, um, I'm I'm reading some more excerpts from your book that's coming out soon, and... uh, I went over to Mark seven, and uh, you had that, you have that verse in your book, and you're talking about it says what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean, for from within uh, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. I found it interesting because as I was reading it, it made me think, why did Jim, you know, why did Jim emphasize this in the book? So so tell me, Jim, why did you emphasize that verse in the book? Because, you know, there's a couple of verses in there that you put in there in that particular area, but you put this whole verse in bold, <laughs> and that's the only one on the that that I see like that. It's like I was saying, you know, I was, Christ was foremost that one thing, when I, or God bring me through something in the Word, I look at me. Okay, I look at me, and I look at my shortcomings. But the people I was dealing with, these things they were doing, and I'm like, hold up. I'm like, man, I've seen you Sunday, and I'm looking at you now. Come on. And I, man, I did some writing. God, uh, self-gratification is one of them. And I was once a weed is another. And God would give, man, he would just lay stuff on me. And I would sit in, man, just sit at my desk writing. And I would pass them out. I would just pass them out wherever I go. It was just part of my ministry. I started passing out God's word. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, where... That came from is meeting people who thought that they can continue doing those things, and there's no consequence. Well, Jim, let me ask you this: you know, once we once we're grown and we've seen a lot of things in the world, we see things going, and you know that we know that's not right. At some point, we have to reach as an individual. We have to reach deep down inside to our inner self. True. We have to say, okay, I've been programmed to think 
in a traditional manner. My parents did it this way. My friends think this way. At some point, we need to start looking at the people, our our inner circle. Who are we hanging around? Who are we investing our times in? So tell me, you know, the, the people that, that you talk to the most, are they helping you or are they uplifting you? What what are they doing for you? I'm going to say um, yes. Uh, the people I do uh, associate with or communicate with, they, they do uh, enlighten me on some things. And pretty much I, uh, anyone I talk to, uh, just everyday talk, uh, I get something from it. Uh, I'm, I'm always receiving something from everybody. So... I mean, do do you think that the the people are like minded people that that you talk with on a daily basis? For the most part, I'm going to say yes. Okay, because you know that's that's so important. For the most part, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Okay, uh, but uh, as it has to do with uh, close friends. But it has to do with just people I meet on a casual basis. I'm going to say no. Okay, okay. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our phone number, in case you have any questions or comments, phone number seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. It's seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. We have a caller from the seven one eight area code. Caller, are you there? Oh uh, yes, I am. Good I evening. Know that, I know that voice. <laughs> <laughs> I know that voice. Good evening, Mr. Turner. This How is Benny Randall Jr., aka the Motivator. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. That that's what I like to hear, and I just want to congratulate you guys doing an excellent job on your show. Thank you. Thank so you, much. Uh, Mr. Jim. Yes, sir. Listening to you and understanding that what you went through. It's simply you went through it because that was part of your journey because God uses us and everybody has their own journey and you was used as the instrument to go through that journey. My question to you, one, have you forgiven anything that everybody, everything that everybody has done to you or as you may appear to be done to you? Because I believe everything is experience, first of all, you know, and you only went through that experience because God knew that you could handle it. He knew that. I, I believe that. Okay. So my question to you, have you forgiven yes, I have. those that have done whatever you may appear into? Are you utilizing what you have experienced to bless others? Because that's the whole purpose. Because, you know, church starts inside, and it starts with a personal relationship, regardless of whatever temple's outside. That's true. It starts with a personal relationship, now that you have that personal relationship, have you moved on and totally focused on helping others? Yes. I, I tell everybody about my experience, and that's the part of writing this book, is to let people know. And I have forgiven all of the people that I have uh, encountered throughout my walk with Christ. Uh, even the pastor, I have no hatred or malice toward him or anyone. Uh, I love them all as my sisters and brothers, even though they may think a different way and people may think that what Christ has given me is not for them. But, yes, I have forgiven them. Beautiful. So that that's what I want to know because I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, people understand that you explain in your story what you've been through, but you have moved on past that yes. and that now you understand that you're the instrument because only you could go through what you went through I can't go through it nobody else can go through it you went through that because you was built for that and it's just important that we realize that um, what he utilizes each one of us for just like Gregory is doing what he does with the help of Mr. Brian doing what it does they're built for that and I just want people to understand that um, it's a blessing what we go through because it only what don't kill you only makes you stronger. That's what my grandma used to say. 
That is so true. You yeah. got that right. All right, Mr. Uh, Jim, uh, thank you. And Gregory, I'm very proud of you guys, and um, keep up the good work. And Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Remember, thank big. Thanks for the call. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm. I'm encouraged now. <laughs> that was the motivator. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's awesome. You know, Jim, you talk about, um, in your book, you talk about identifying dead churches and what makes a church dead. What do you think um, the identity of a dead church is? Watered-down Christianity. Hmm. Not teaching the truth. Uh, a lot of people believe that uh, just because there's a lot of people there or there's a lot of fancy cars there or that's where all the women are and the women, that's where all the guys are, it's got to be life. And that's got to be what God is. But the Bible teaches the opposite. See, people will go where they're getting their desires met. But are they spiritually being fed? Mm. So you said basically, even though it looks live, it's really dead. It could be dead. <laughs> wow. And I, and I, you know, if I had people, they would say, I have to go to a church where, you know, I got to feel something. Yeah. And I tell them, I said, well. I've heard that before. Is that pleasing you? Are you gratifying your flesh? Are you truly worshiping God? Mm. And I say those things because of the churches God sent me to. Man, uh, they would have the music going, and me, myself, I would jump up, and I'm like, I would be going, a guy, somebody would be running up and down the aisle, and the music, you know, I'm like looking around, everybody's up. I found out that people will play on your emotions. They get you emotionally involved, and when you really leave there, you should ask yourself, what did you learn? Because the Spirit asked me that once I walked out of a church. The Spirit said, what did you learn? And I can honestly say to myself, nothing. Nothing, because wow. all I did was shout, jump, and the music was good. <laughs> we have another caller from the 850321 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yes, hi. You have a question for Jim? Yeah, I had a quick question about, you mentioned, um, I think Greg mentioned uh, tradition, um, and then you met, uh, Jim mentioned the watered-down tradition or society or whatever. Right. Do you think tradition is the reason why we have this watered-down society? I, I think so. Jim, you want to answer that? What did she say, tradition? Yes, tradition. Yeah, tradition is the reason why we have this, uh, watered down society. Do you well, think that's true? Well, the Bible teaches that people are going to seek after something that their own desires. That's what the Bible teaches you. Uh, yeah, that's what everybody really wants. They want something that's going to make them feel good. So the churches are catering to what makes, that draws the crowd. So that's what you have uh, people catering to that. Uh, in other words, it's like a race who's going to build the biggest church or who has the most members. Mm-hmm. But when it really comes to Christ, none of that works. Tradition, none of that saves. So, Carla, are, are you dealing or uh, struggling with uh, tradition? Uh, you know, you know you, you're thinking a certain way and someone's asking you or telling you you should be thinking or acting out a, a different way? Are you dealing with that? Uh, no, I was just one. You know, when I, when I grew up, if the thing was just go to church every Sunday. Right. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And then get a feel for the music. But you kind of, it's like, did I learn anything during that service or not? Or if I don't, I'll just come back next Sunday. Maybe I'll learn something then. Maybe what he was preaching was for me that Sunday. I'll come back another Sunday. But I was just wondering about the the watered-down society. Well, you know, let me say this. You know, society is going to do what it's going to do. Yeah. But the thing is, what you need to do is if you spend more time daily trying to get to know God for yourself, 
you know, and you get that relationship with him for yourself. See, the church is not the four walls in the building. We are the church. That's true. You know, I I don't know, um, I don't know you, I don't know what you, you do in your time, but if you would just talk with him and spend time with him, because that's all, that that's what God wants from you. That's mm-hmm. yeah, so true. You know, he's and talking I- to you all the time. He's, he's, he's talking to you all the time, and so is the enemy. I was wondering, um, Jim had mentioned the fact that um, one of the women at the church he was going to was telling him that the devil was talking to him. And I, I always find it funny we're quick to recognize the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Go ahead. laughs> I thought that was we quick to recognize and women don't be able to recognize God, so... You know, when she said that, it made me laugh because I thought about that. You know, that's so true. People are quick to say, that boy got the devil in him. That girl got the devil in her. Everybody got the devil in them. You know, but but they can't, you know, but when you say, hey, I got Jesus in me, they say, "Mm, well, he, he, you know, now you holy all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. And they try, it's almost like it's, it's common to, say somebody got the devil in them, and unpopular to say somebody got Jesus in them or got the Holy Spirit in them. It's almost like the Holy Spirit has become taboo, and the devil has become, you know, that, that, that's the norm. You know, when you look back at your Bible, the people didn't know what was true Christianity or not because when the truth came on the scene, which was Jesus, they said he was the devil, but he was speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. And what he was speaking was contradicting what they were doing. So when a person come on the scene and is, they're saying something that is true, and you are believing one other thing and it's not lining up with what they believe and what their pastor is saying, mm-hmm. they're automatically going to say, hey, that's got to be the devil talking to you because they have all their faith in that man in the pulpit. That's who they believe, even though what he's saying may not be true. You know, the Pharisees were the same way, and Christ was trying to let them know. He had to come to him by night. Huh? (laughs) He had to come to him by night to ask his questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but what I'm saying is the Pharisees, and uh, religious leaders of that time were the same way. Mm-hmm. They believed in Moses, which that's what they claimed. But they didn't believe what he wrote. Because they had to change it and yeah. tweak it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Jesus was trying to tell them, say, well, hold up. You're not even doing what he said to do. So how can you even say you believe in him? And, you know, so when you come up with something and you know you're standing on the truth and the Word is what it is and the Holy Spirit is guiding you, see, a lot of people don't believe that the Spirit will train you in the Word. People Mm -hmm. don't believe that. It's in the Bible. It says that the Spirit will train you in truth. It will guide you and let you know the truth. Yeah, you just have to make yourself available to God. You know, once you, once you, you know, basically take off, you know, all the inhibition. You know, when you just make yourself available to Him, and totally, you know, trust in His Word, then He'll start revealing things to you. You know how it is when you have somebody that you really trust, that you can tell them something, and they won't go out and put your business in the street. That's the same way God is. You know he's not gonna he's not gonna reveal stuff to you that that he can't get the glory out of because that's the only reason he does it he does it because he has to get the glory if he doesn't get the glory out of his revelation to you he's not gonna even waste his time revealing it to you because his word can't return void it can't not one not one piece of it is all right. You, you know, we live in a society now where, if you watch television, the Christians are really being attacked 
more so now than ever before. And you know, I don't know if it's I don't I don't know what's going on, but it's something going on. If you just pay attention, there's a lot of hurting, there's a lot of people suffering, there's so much pain out there. If you look, you see you you see now where parent, parents are killing their children, they're killing their wives, is and then they're killing themselves. It's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking is, what is your relationship with God? What type of relationship do we have? With God, do we really spend time trying to get to know Him rather than spending trying to get what we want from Him? Wow, my, my. See, when, we, when we're out there on that battlefield, every time you leave your home, that you're on a battlefield, and you're going to be on this battlefield every time you wake up, you're on that field. So we're going to have to fight the good fight. And the only way that you're going to fight that good fight is if you get that personal relationship with God. If you don't, I'm telling you, you continue seeing things that you're seeing now. And when we're seeing these people taking the lives of, of their families, and you know, what that person is saying is, God, even the things that I'm going through right now are bigger than you. So I'm going to end it all right now. I can't see tomorrow. See, faith is not something that you can see. That's not something that you can see. You have to know that. And the only way that you're going to know it is you're spending time with God and reading his word. That's the only way that it can happen. And that's why we have so many people that are afraid to do what Jim is doing by standing up and saying, you know what, this is wrong. This is wrong. And, Jim, let me ask you this. You know, when you were taking a stand, how many people did you see wanted to talk to you and wanted to say, you know what, Jim, you're right, but they couldn't say it? I only had one person to admit it, and that was the uh, Bible study teacher. And everyone else, like I said, was coming up to me saying that what I was saying was wrong. And most people were saying, you know, that a man is a man, because we was uh, talking about men calling themselves preachers, but steady sleeping with the members. And I said, well, no, the Bible says that's a false prophet, and you should not be following that person. If that person continues to doing what he's doing, and he's saying that he's got the Holy Spirit, he's not. The Bible has identified that person as a false prophet, and it's point blank. But most people, they have uh, accepted that man is just a man, and he's not responsible for his own actions. And I beg to differ. Because you're saying that the Holy Spirit is not able to to deliver. And you know that's not true. Yes, yes. Jim, we have another caller on from the 850-212 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? I guess not. Brian, did you have any last-minute things? We have less than a minute left. Yes. Uh, I want to thank Jim for coming on. Jim, you did a great job. I commend you, my brother. Um, I just have one more, one other comment, though. You know, we go through so much in life, and a lot of times we don't know, you know, we don't have people that we can talk to. You know, Jim, I would I would definitely say that anytime you want to call back and talk to us, you know, I, I'm gonna start calling you more often. I have your number now, and so okay, okay. you know, we're gonna fellowship because that's what we should do as men. You know, we should definitely do that as men. And you know, when I say men, I'm gonna emphasize that word as men. We should be fellowshipping with other men who are like-minded and not just talking about some you know, girls or football or whatever, we should be talking about serious issues, you know, because the men have to teach the other men how to be men. Uh You know, we're in a world now where we don't have a lot of real men because nobody taught them how to be men. Iron sharpens iron. That's it. So, Jim, how, when do you think you'll come out with the book, or is it still in the making? It's still in the making. I I am looking for... uh, some help in that area and uh, I'll talk to y'all about that we'll get you we'll get you what you need it's coming <laughs> don't worry about that you just okay. keep writing okay. again to everybody that was listening we thank you 
We we love you. And listen, this is the Abundant Solutions Hour, and our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. And the number one thing we want you to do is to have that relationship with God. And and we, what we try to do is offer a solution, a solution. God has that solution. Again, thank you so much, Jim. Thank you, Brian. And we yeah. love everybody. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you.